Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, December 7th. Grain markets are higher this morning. March corn futures up three and a half at 487 and three quarters. March soybeans up 10 at 1325 and a half. March Chicago wheat up six and a half at 640. March Kansas City wheat up four and a half at 660 and a half. March spring wheat up six and a quarter at 736 and three quarters. Brazil still exporting a lot of corn and soybeans. According to well-followed trade group ANEC, Brazil will export record volumes of soybeans and corn this year. Strong Chinese demand and a bumper crop and bumper crops, excuse me, have fueled exports. Brazilian corn exports are expected to reach 55.95 million tons, up 25% from last year's record export level. Soybean exports are projected to reach 101.2 million tons, up 30% from last year and almost 17% higher than the previous record set back in 2021. The record exports come despite a severe drought that has hindered grain shipments on Brazil's northern Amazon routes. Big crops equal big exports, and this is probably going to continue. Uh, so we're trading weather, of course, as it relates to Brazil and South America. And the way the weather is set up is not changed a whole lot today. There's going to be rain over the next uh, 10 days. It's just going to be less than normal. And I suppose that given the action in the soybean market, which has been poor, uh, we've lost almost a dollar from the high in March soybean futures to like from like the high November to the overnight lows. I think it was 99 cents. So the market, I think, is viewing this as being mostly non-threatening. I think the market believes that the crop's going to be lighter than what USDA and Conab have out there. Conab's going to be out this morning. I believe USDA is out tomorrow with updated crop estimates, but I don't think they believe it's going to be a disaster. Uh, when you look at what's uh, expected or projected, uh, this is USDA's estimates of the crop. The combined Brazil and Argentina soybean crop projected at 211 million metric tons. The previous record was 185.7 from three years ago. So you're talking an increase of almost 14% versus the previous record. So maybe that number's not 211. Maybe it gets trimmed by five or 10 and it's really 200 or 205. But guess what? That's still a combined record. Uh, Argentina's improved quite a bit. They're going to be up drastically versus that drought-stricken crop last year. So I don't know. I, I think the market is is reading the Brazil weather, even though it's less than ideal. They're not reading it as being a, a disaster. And a lot of people would argue that you've got a little bit of room for a, a lighter crop here, given this massive, massive projection that's out there. So we'll hear some more from the government entities uh, today and tomorrow. USDA reported another flash sale of SRW wheat to China on Wednesday. U.S. exporters sold 372,000 metric tons of soft red winter wheat to China for delivery during the current marketing year. This was the third flash sale of SRW wheat to China this week, totaling 1.01 million metric tons. U.S. exporters also sold 136,000 metric tons of soybeans to China yesterday for delivery during the current marketing year. Lucky seven for SRW futures. They've closed higher seven days in a row. Today would be eight. The HRW market posted some fresh highs for the move, then failed yesterday. But we're back higher this morning, and, and they shrugged off a lower trade overnight. So the wheat market looks good um, for the moment, at least. I think we're seeing some short covering, and there is some trade chatter out there uh, regarding additional, even more Chinese purchases of U.S. wheat. So if you see some more flash sales today, tomorrow, uh, into Monday, don't be totally surprised by that. So if you guys have not already checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about this video you put together yesterday with Brian Split? 
Brian was on yesterday and uh, Brian comes on and does charts with me every two weeks, but we talked a little bit about um, the grain marketing, grain marketing. And as it relates to like absolutes versus certainties and the title of the video is amateurs deal in absolutes. And, and the second part of that phrase is professionals deal in probabilities. And um, I guess the take home was that, you know, when you're talking about marketing, when you're talking about markets, everything's a probability. There's no certainty here. And uh, one of the things that we really pushed was like, if there's somebody tell you, telling you that something is certainly going to happen in the market, corn's going to $8 because of this, this, and that. Uh, that's an amateur, and you need to run far away uh, from that person. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, uh, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Uh, new premium content. Every single business day, morning email is jam-packed full of info. That's at 5 a.m. Central Time. Every single business day, uh, give that deal a shot this morning, guys. Russia's winter crops are in better condition than last year. According to a Russian meteorology official, only 4% of Russia's winter crops are in poor and thin condition. The rating is lower than the five-year average of 8%. Russia's Ag Ministry expects this year's crops to be the second largest on record, and Russia is again projected to be the world's top wheat exporter this year. The Black Sea region is in good shape. They've caught uh, timely rains. Uh, Ukraine, of course, has war problems and, and production is going to be down versus pre-invasion levels like forever. But Russia should continue to be the uh, top wheat exporter uh, by a fairly wide margin. The European Union uh, is second at 37.5 million metric tons. That's the projection. Russia should be 50 million. And then Canada would be a distant third at, at 23 this year. So um, this is, I guess bearish, but I don't know that it's like fresh news. I, I think the Chinese buying uh, trumps just about everything as it relates to wheat prices right now. U.S. ethanol production increased last week. Weekly output of 1.08 million barrels increased 6.4% compared to the prior week and 5.7% versus the same week last year. Ethanol stocks were pegged at 21.4 million barrels. The print increased marginally on the week but declined 6.5% compared to the same week last year. Implied gasoline demand gained 3.2% compared to the previous week and 1.8% versus the same week last year. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is down marginally versus the same period last year. That's a great ethanol production number. I think they should continue to be really strong. That being said, ethanol production margins have contracted because the price of ethanol itself has fallen drastically along with the broader energy complex. Uh, Chicago Platts Ethanol, which is like a futures contract, it's, it's a broad gauge of ethanol prices. Um, it's off 61 cents uh, just since late October. So it was like in the what 240s or something. We're down to $1.73 uh, per gallon as of yesterday. So the corn market's basically flatlined, whereas ethanol prices have fallen off quite a bit. So you have seen a contraction in margins. Uh, they should be break even to positive across the corn belt, given the stuff that I've seen. But um, I still think that even despite that, as long as as long as you're positive, the corn's out there, um, production should be very good. On Wednesday, a container ship struck a floating bridge in the eastern lane of the Suez Canal. Ship traffic was able to continue as usual as officials were able to reroute other ships to the main canal passage. The ship, which was traveling to the Netherlands from Singapore, has the capacity to transport about 9,000 containers. The Suez Canal is among the world's busiest shipping routes as thousands of ships pass through the canal every year while traveling between Asia and Europe. 
disaster averted, I guess. I think there was some jitters when this happened initially because we've already got problems on the Panama Canal. So I think there's some more traffic here, but it looks like this story is kind of a non-starter. Figure we'd do a quick update. According to Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies should be banned. During a Senate hearing on Wednesday, Dimon and a number of other bank CEOs stated that crypto companies should be subject to the same regulations as large financial institutions. Dimon has long opposed cryptocurrencies, claiming they are only good for money laundering and tax avoidance. JP Morgan Chase, however, is a major player in blockchain technology, which of course powers cryptocurrencies. Evil billionaire bankers and your government agree that Bitcoin is bad. Uh, JP Morgan is crooked. They're super crooked. Jamie Dimon is crooked. Uh, they pay hundreds of millions in, of dollars to reg the regulators on like an annual basis because they do all sorts of crooked stuff. Here's the most fun one as of recently, not necessarily a regulatory issue. JP Morgan paid $290 million to settle with Jeffrey Epstein victims. I wonder if uh, Jamie's name is on the flight log that we'll never see. Um, in any case, um, Jamie doesn't like Bitcoin for a lot of reasons. Jamie uh, stands very close to the money printer and therefore is a beneficiary of the money printer. And the Bitcoin people are on the exact opposite uh, end of the spectrum. They hate all of that. They hate the money printing. They hate the quantitative easing, all of that. Uh, he says Bitcoin's a fraud. If Bitcoin's a fraud, it's the biggest fraud in the history of mankind. Do you know what the largest Ponzi scheme of all time is, Mackenzie? I don't off the top Bernie of Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff. Okay. Do you remember Bernie Madoff? Yes, I do. The Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme was $65 billion. Bitcoin's market cap today is $858 billion with a B dollars. At its peak, uh, Bitcoin's market cap was $1.3 trillion. If this is a fraud or a Ponzi scheme, it's the biggest fraud or Ponzi scheme ever perpetrated on mankind uh, 10 times over. So I don't know. You got to respect this thing. They've tried to kill it five times. I mean, everybody thought when FTX blew up, that was the end of it. Um, everybody thought that when China banned Bitcoin mining in 2021, that was the end of it. There were some other exchanges that blew up uh, early in the days of Bitcoin. And uh, Jamie, you can't you can't ban it. There's nobody to go shut down. There's no office to go raid. The blockchain is on computers all over the world. If you ban it in one place like they did in China, it just moves elsewhere. So I don't know. I mean, guys, you, you got to respect this thing. It, it should be dead and it should be dead. And it's not. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's probably one of the biggest financial stories of my generation, at least. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I know everybody hates it, but that's my thought. What did Cal do yesterday? Uh, it was just another typical day for the cattle markets as they continue yeah. to tumble. Feeder cattle feature feeder cattle futures closed an average of five thirty six lower. Live cattle futures closed an average of three seventy nine lower. Cannot find that bottom. Box beef uh, has fallen to its lowest point since April. Choice uh, ended the day yesterday at two ninety fifty six. That was down three dollars and nineteen cents. Select actually gained seventy seven cents to end the day at two fifty nine ninety. Outside markets on Thursday, U.S. dollars off a little bit. Stocks are mixed. Bonds are about flat. Uh, crude oil is up 56 cents, but still below $70, $69.95 last in the January WTI. It's been soft. Have a great day, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you on Friday.